You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We'll get to those stories in just a moment, but first, new information tonight as we approach the one year anniversary of an innocent teenager killed in the crossfire of a targeted hit. Jill Bennett has more on the progress police are making, including some new pictures of two vehicles that are believed to be connected to this case. Jill. Chris, police say in this past year they are pleased with the progress they are, they are making, they've made. However, they know there are still key pieces of information out there. That's why they took the step today of releasing a couple of key pieces of evidence. There is a bit of an erratic driving behavior in our opinion. It kind of cuts across a few lanes and heads south on Ontario. We believe that person, based on their driving maneuver, was aware that there was an incident unfolding or a shooting unfolding. This video is one of two pieces of evidence just released by Vancouver police. The other is this Pontiac, Montana. It was seen on several security cameras circling the area the same time the shooting took place. So this vehicle was seized. And all the markings you see on the vehicle behind me, it's all from our forensic identification unit processing it for fingerprints and forensic evidence. But still, there have been no arrests a year after that gang shooting on East Broadway in Ontario that killed 23-year-old Kevin Whiteside and 15-year-old Alfred Wong. Wong, an innocent teen who was in a car with his family. My parents and I will always love him dearly and his death will leave a void in our hearts. Police are also revealing new details about the East Broadway shooting, saying there were two shooters that night. One was Kevin Whiteside, who was there to carry out a gang hit. The other remains unknown. What is known is Whiteside's intended target. Kevin Whiteside was in the area to allegedly kill 28-year-old Vancouver resident Matthew Navas-Rivas. Matthew was at Indochine restaurant with a female companion. Navis Rivas wasn't hurt that night, but he was shot and killed just a few months later in July in East Vancouver in what police call an unrelated incident. Unfortunately, based on Mr. Navis Rivas's um, criminal lifestyle, there's a lot of people who uh, had reason to harm him or kill him. As for the Broadway shooting, police say they have made progress, but they need to speak with those connected to the two vehicles, both the burgundy van and this dark pickup truck. So, Jill, it's clear that investigators believe there are people out there who haven't spoken to them yet, and police had a direct message for them today. They do. Because they know it was so busy right here where we're standing tonight, the intended victim was in the Indochine restaurant behind me. They know there are uh, people who saw something that were in no way connected to it, likely like those in that dark colored pickup. They also know there are people who know details who might be connected to this who are refusing to speak to investigators. So they are making that plea, asking them to either call Vancouver police or if they want to remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers so they can try and arrest a suspect. Chris? All right, it's been a year. Let's hope somebody steps up. Thanks, Jill. An emotional day today for the family of Luca Gordick, waiting for justice for almost four years. Gordick was just 17 years old when he was swarmed and stabbed by a group of teens in Whistler in 2015. Today, three young men were sentenced for their actions that day, one of them to life in prison. Nadia Stewart has reaction and why this may not be over yet. They took Luca's life for no reason. Clara Gordick says she and her family will never have closure. Still, they are pleased with the sentence given to Luca Gordick's convicted killers, one of whom has been sentenced to life in prison. I hope they never see the light of day, all of them. They traveled up together. This was planned. 
they killed Luca for for no reason. Like no reason. Luca Gordick was killed in May 2015. He was swarmed by a group of up to 15 people, stabbed in the heart outside a convenience store in Whistler Village. The three youths sentenced Friday still cannot be named because of a publication ban. But Crown had asked for all three to be sentenced as adults, saying the attack was planned and premeditated. In the end, one youth received that treatment, sentenced to life in prison. Even though you've been around a long time as a Crown and I've dealt with a lot of horrible cases, this is right up there with about as bad as it gets. I mean, a completely lovely, innocent young man, you know. You can see it affects me right now just thinking about it. The other two, convicted of manslaughter, were tried as youths. They received three-year sentences, 18 months in custody, 18 more under supervision. You can't expect too much, but I I'm happy about that. As always, security was ramped up both inside and outside the courthouse. Court proceedings in the past have often prompted heated exchanges between the families of the victim and accused. On Friday, only one person had to be escorted out. But Luca's family says the anger and pain is something they wrestle with daily. For me, it will be over when I die. I think about Luca every day. I think about what they did to him. They stabbed him and they left him there to die. Like, for what? And it appears this case is not over yet. Crown Council expects defense will be appealing this decision within the next 30 days. Nadia Stark, Global News. A developing story out of Ottawa tonight. You may have seen it on Global National just before the news hour. A double-decker city bus hit a transit shelter at the beginning of the afternoon rush. As you can see, the damage is extensive. Nearly two dozen people were rushed to hospital, and officials now confirm three have died. We'll have much more on this story a little bit later on the news hour. Back at home now, an arrest in connection with a double stabbing overnight that sent two people to hospital. Police were called to a townhouse complex in Chilliwack along Hodgins Avenue just before midnight. According to officers, the suspect was attempting to break into the home when the victims were stabbed. They both suffered non-life-threatening injuries and were taken to hospital. A 40-year-old Ridge Meadows man is now in custody. A strong show of support at a Port Alberni courthouse today for a mother and two others who hogtied an alleged child predator. The trio was charged with assault after their takedown of a 28-year-old man they say intended to have sex with the woman's 13-year-old daughter. Kylie Stanton reports on their sentences and why supporters still say the system is broken. No justice for our Chanting with signs, trying to show their support for the family inside this courthouse, knowing it just as easily could have happened to them. I probably would have done the same thing. I think any parent would. Somebody has to protect our children. I'm coming to my house to meet my 13-year-old daughter. The girl's mother, stepfather, and family friend are accused of assault causing bodily harm and unlawful confinement. We tackled him and zap-strapped him and called the police. Back in April, they filmed their encounter with the man they say arrived at their Port Alberni home with the intention of having sex with their 13-year-old daughter, streaming it all on social media. They discovered that uh, this man, who was known to the family, uh, 29 years of age, uh, had been uh, engaged in uh, online um, communications of a sexual nature with the 13-year-old. Uh, the mother went to the RCMP to seek help. Five weeks later, still nothing. 
eventually resorting to staging their own sting. Have anything to say for yourself live on Facebook? Before calling police. Because earlier today when I asked the police to come here for this meet, they said no. The couple, who can't be identified due to a publication ban to protect their daughter, say it was their frustration with the RCMP that pushed them to take action against the alleged child predator. In my estimation, it should have taken something less than five weeks uh, to respond to the uh, jeopardy that uh, their daughter was in. It took only eight minutes for police to arrive, their attention quickly turning from the man on the ground to the people who put him there. They're all being detained for assault right now? After pleading guilty, today they each received a conditional discharge, one year for the men and only six months for the woman. Imagine being a mother of a 13-year-old child when a predator comes to your own house believing he's about to have sex with your daughter. She displayed amazing restraint. The judge's decision is the one thing in this case being applauded. If this was your child, what would you do? Charges have yet to be laid against the man who allegedly tried to lure the teen. RCMP say it's still under investigation. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Port Alberni. The trial for accused child killer Gary Handlin is winding down quickly. The judge began instructing the jury this morning. Handlin has pleaded not guilty to the first-degree murder of Monica Jack. The 12-year-old disappeared near a highway pullout while riding her bike near Merritt back in 1978. In 2014, Handlin was arrested and charged after he confessed to it in a Mr. Big Sting by RCMP. A confession defense has said was false. In a rare occurrence, all 14 jurors made it through the trial. By law, only 12 can determine Handlin's fate which means numbers will be drawn randomly and the first two jurors drawn will be discharged. The jury is expected to begin deliberations on Monday. Burnaby RCMP need your help identifying a group of prolific thieves stealing more than your mail. They were caught on camera and they work fast, targeting condos and apartment buildings. Residents now being warned to pick up their mail daily. Catherine Urquhart explains how many thieves RCMP believe are at work and what they're doing with the mail once they've got it. As a mail carrier, Theo has been delivering letters and packages for 12 years. Unfortunately, many posties like him are having their deliveries stolen. Burnaby RCMP say there has been a spike in mail thefts from apartment buildings over the past few weeks. Individuals who are gaining access to apartments and then gaining access to mailboxes and breaking into them and removing all the mail contents. What they're doing, they're not prying individual mailboxes because that would take them a while. Um, what they're doing is they're prying the main door open. In an effort to catch the culprits, Mounties have released this surveillance video showing as many as five suspects. In some cases, they have cleared out more than 100 mailboxes within minutes. Not only are you getting your mail stolen, you will also uh, potentially be a victim of identity theft later on once uh, a profile perhaps is being uh, created and then further information is being used to create get further credit and then further frauds are being committed. Those with apartment mailboxes are now being urged to empty them daily. Yeah, this is the law. So I don't doubt they can get it after they open this. So, mm -hmm. so no problem so far? Uh, no. Also advised, stop deliveries if you're away on vacation. If you recognize the suspects, 
Call police. Investigators are keen to stop this rash of mail theft now plaguing Burnaby. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Right now, though, shock and disbelief in merit tonight, where a 143-year-old church is a pile of ashes. And a second church is damaged after a pair of fires early this morning. Investigators suspect an arsonist is responsible. Jordan Armstrong explains what we know about the loss and the appeal from RCMP to the community. Just a senseless act uh, in a very tragic and irreplaceable loss. For 143 years, this is what the Murray United Church looked like. Now all that's left is the chimney, the wooden structure destroyed by an overnight inferno. The best way to describe it is the death in the family. One of two suspicious church fires within a 10-minute drive early Friday. However this came about and whoever is involved, we just hope that they're stopped before anything else happens. Around 2 a.m., RCMP responded to a break-in at Crossroads Community Church in Merritt. Officers arrived to find a small fire inside. The fire attendant put out the fire and on scene, there, a second call came in about a fire. That was the Murray United Church, nine kilometers away beside Highway 5A, and there was no saving it. The church bell, a hazard for the firefighters. We could see the bell was going to go, and, and we heard the firemen yell, you know, get out of the way, because, and they just heard it just come crashing down, and just heard one last gong, and that was it. The church was the oldest building in the Nicola Valley and would attract hundreds of visitors every year. It's, it's really disheartening uh, in some way if this was some kind of personal um, vendetta or something like that. Uh, it's, it's really disappointing to see. Police don't know if the fires were set by the same person, but late Friday we learned of two additional overnight church break-ins, one of which involved an attempted arson. Both happened just outside Merritt on Lower Nicola Indian Band territory. To have two fires with two churches in the same night uh, is quite suspicious in nature. And I certainly hope uh, that whoever did this is brought to justice, though I, I know that won't replace the church. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Well, check out this wildlife sighting. A Coquitlam viewer sharing his security camera footage showing two cougars hanging out near his driveway this morning. It happened in the 3600 block of Victoria Drive around 5 o'clock this morning. That'll wake you up pretty quickly. Imagine your car automatically calling 911 after you've had an accident, even assessing how bad it is in contacting your family if necessary. A Vancouver-based tech company says its new product can do that and a whole lot more. And it's now partnering with one of the biggest names in electronics. Aaron MacArthur reports on how it could change the way we all drive. You don't need to use force, just press With a there. simple install and a smartphone, driving can now be a lot smarter, at least in the tech sense. We unlock hidden data. A Vancouver-based startup called Mojo has given drivers access to data as much as they want. What Mojo does is we take that data in the cloud, we make sense of it, and then we generate really meaningful user experiences that uh, people can use in their everyday lives. Everything from acceleration and braking to location or a chance to fix that annoying check engine light that just won't go out. We want to empower the car owner, the consumer, to take that data and help them have a better car ownership experience. We want to enable people to This week at CES, Mojo announced a partnership with Bosch. They will be rolling out emergency services for potentially millions of drivers. 
two predictive diagnostics. Mojio, just one success story from the BC tech sector. A recent report indicating BC is the best jurisdiction in the country to launch a startup. The one area of concern has been attracting and retaining staff. Some companies have been forced to move in order to find the right people to meet their growth targets. We have to increase the number of uh, university places for, yeah, for tech degrees, but also for all those other specialisms that are so essential to building businesses. That's the position Mojio finds itself in. Many of the executives now based in Silicon Valley, and it is desperate to hire more staff. You know, we're playing on the, on the global stage, right? So we're, we're a small team, we're growing fast. Worldwide, there are an estimated 1.2 billion cars on the road. Only a fraction of them are smart or even connected. Mojio's technology in 750,000 vehicles right now with a huge potential for their platform to grow. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A major cannabis expo getting underway in Vancouver today, the first since the legalization of pot. As John Waugh reports, while the industry sees big growth ahead, there are still obstacles that will keep the illegal sector thriving for some time. Lights, cannabis, and plenty of action. Legalization has brought the energy at this year's Lift & Co. Cannabis Expo in Vancouver to a whole new level. We're seeing a lot of new vendors, a lot of people who maybe weren't as comfortable approaching the idea of cannabis before. Even compared to last year, many on the convention floor say a haze of uncertainty has been lifted. And the momentum of legal marijuana is attracting the mainstream. This is Aerogarden's first uh, cannabis show to be at. Um, we've historically never, you know, never marketed to the cannabis community. Now for many here, the largest obstacle still comes down to price. According to a recent report from Statistics Canada, the average price per gram on the illicit market is about $6.51. The legal average is $9.70. To bring you know, regulated, quality-assured, quality analytically tested product to market, I mean, there is a cost associated with that that wasn't realized in the unregulated environment. Legal producers and retailers believe prices will eventually come down, but it won't happen overnight. The basic economics suggests that we're going to have a pretty severe oversupply in two or three years from now, and that's where you'll see prices start to plummet very fast. The industry is also warning the goal of driving illegal drug dealers out of business will remain a pipe dream. Come on in, let's do this! Until more licensed storefronts can start selling weed. That's where the black market is actually winning the day because they have access. You can dial on your cell phone and someone will come and meet you on a corner. The hope is even the culture change in conventions like this will send a message to cities still prohibiting the retail of recreational pot. John Hua, Global News. We're learning now that three people are dead and as many as 23 injured after a double-decker bus crashed into a transit shelter in Ottawa today. Our hearts and condolences go out to all those injured, those uh, family members who have lost loved ones and their families. The city bus slammed into the canopy over a bus shelter, the canopy slicing into the upper deck. Two seats were left hanging from a gaping hole in the front. Of the three people confirmed dead, two were on the bus and one was on the platform. And among the injured, 14 are in critical condition and several are in serious condition. No word yet as to why the bus jumped the curb and hit the canopy, but the bus driver was detained and taken to police headquarters. Ottawa's police chief will only say that something at the scene required police to arrest the driver. 
Well, that Saudi teenager who made international headlines while fleeing her family is coming to Canada. 18-year-old Rahaf Mohammed Al-Kanoun became known around the world last weekend when she barricaded herself inside a hotel room at the Bangkok airport. She'd been en route to Australia when Thai officials stopped her. The teen launched a social media appeal for asylum, saying she was fleeing abuse from her family and would be killed if she returned home. Canada has now accepted the United Nations request to take the teen in as a refugee. 13-year-old Jamie Kloss is safe tonight, three months after her parents were murdered and she was kidnapped from their home. Police say the crime was planned out in advance by a 21-year-old man who targeted Jamie for unknown reasons. Tonight, 13-year-old Jamie Kloss is alive and safe, and even police here are stunned. My legs started to shake, man. It was, it was awesome. Three months after she disappeared, Jamie turning up 70 miles from the Wisconsin home where her parents were brutally murdered. Police say she escaped her alleged captor, who's now under arrest for those murders and her kidnapping. It's amazing the will of that 13-year-old girl to survive and escape. Thousands of volunteers have been looking for her for weeks. We did not sleep much at all. Jamie's aunt said police told her the incredible news at a basketball game. I just sat down on the bench and I cried. And I got up and I hugged him and I, and I said, really? And he said, absolutely. Police say the suspect, 21-year-old Jake Patterson, took Jamie against her will to a house in a remote rural area and did not have prior contact with the Kloss family. We do believe Jamie was the only target. I can tell you that the subject planned his actions and took many proactive steps to hide his identity from law enforcement and the general public. Police say Jamie was able to get away when the suspect was not at home, that she was discovered when she approached a woman walking her dog. She just had on um, some kind of slacks and a sweatshirt, no gloves, no hat, no mittens, nothing. Um, so I knew I needed to get her out of the cold. The pair then showing up at the Kasinkas' house. We knew it was Jamie immediately, and we thought 911's not going to believe us. Like I've told everybody, it's like I, I was seeing a ghost in person because I, I didn't think she was alive. Police say at that moment, her alleged abductor was hunting for her. Still a mystery why the suspect allegedly targeted the Kloss family in the first place. But tonight, Jamie's safe, her hometown getting ready for a big celebration. You better believe it. Jamie, we missed you, and we are so grateful you are home. Caught on video, a violent confrontation between environmentalists and fishermen in Mexico's Gulf of California. The Sea Shepherd environmental group releasing the video of an attack by about two dozen small fishing boats on their vessel, Farley Mowat. The Sea Shepherd says it operates in cooperation with the Mexican government to seize or destroy illegal fishing nets that target the Vaquita Marina, the world's most endangered porpoise. Some new images today, including video from the first ever spacecraft to make a soft landing on the far side of the moon. Chinese authorities releasing the first footage of the moment the Change E-4 spacecraft, sorry, that's the Chang E-4 spacecraft, landed last week, carrying the Jade Rabbit 2 rover for exploration of the lesser-known far side of the moon. Also today, a new panoramic photo taken by the probe. Actually, 80 separate photographs stitched together. Scientists say they're amazed by the pristine condition on the far side of the moon, which isn't affected by electromagnetic interference from the Earth. In Health Matters tonight, we've been told for years that a high-fiber diet is good for us, but a new study from the World Health Organization takes it to another level. 
The study found that people who eat a high-fiber diet, that's whole grains, vegetables, and fruits, have a much lower risk of heart disease, diabetes, and colon cancer. In fact, people who eat a high-fiber diet have a 30% lower risk of dying from any cause. A high-fiber diet is at least 25 grams per day. The average North American eats about 15 grams of fiber per day. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Some rare good news tonight for BC's southern resident killer whale population. Researchers have identified a new calf swimming beside a female who we know was pregnant. Now, as Linda Aylesworth reports, the experts are holding their breath, hoping it survives. Wow, that's beautiful. Watching killer whales never gets old, but these recent images shot by a news helicopter not far from Seattle are of particular interest to marine mammal biologists like Lance Barrett-Leonard. It's a lucky observation. They don't, they don't show up much in the winters. They can be anywhere up from the north coast of British Columbia or the west side of Vancouver Island or even off the U.S. coast. But as it turns out, that is not all that's interesting about this sighting of the endangered southern resident L-Pod. Oh yeah, that's a nice picture. Okay. It's a calf, just a few weeks old. This is what we're desperately hoping for, is for the southern residents to have calves. You know, from what we can see in, these, in, in this very preliminary uh, image, she looks pretty viable. The whale it's swimming beside is presumably the mother. Isn't she pretty? L-77, also known as Mattia, is a 32-year-old female whose last calf was born six years ago. This is a potentially big deal. We, some years, and, and for the last few years, in fact, since 2015, the southern residents have, haven't had any luck bringing calves, you know, raising calves, keeping them alive. With a population of southern residents down to just 74 and the health of two adults in decline, the survival of this little calf is critical. Mortality of calves is generally pretty high with killer whales and, um, you know, up as high as 50%. And this population has been higher than that of late. So, so the calf certainly isn't out of the woods. But we can hope, while scientists no doubt carefully observe its progress. Everybody who, uh, who cares about this population will be happy this is what we need to see. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Very nice. All right, a strange sight in Germany ties up traffic. It's a low-flying helicopter getting pretty close to the trees next to a highway. Why it was intentional right after the forecast. With Christy, who joins us now. And, a yes. strange sight today, too. Yeah, for sure. It's it was the a, sun. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nice to be pulling out the sunglasses today, that's for sure, Chris. Uh, Temperature-wise, we saw double digits right across the lower mainland. And the hot spot across the country today was White Rock at 13 degrees. So that's the second day in the row that we've had a hot spot across uh, the country. Abbotsford was yesterday at 12.6. So, yeah, incredible conditions across our region after the deep freeze that we had uh, just earlier this week. And look at some of these numbers. Prince George, 5 degrees that is a good uh, 8 to 12 degrees above seasonal. Some of these other areas at 12 degrees above seasonal with Lillooet at 7 degrees and Asoyus at 7 as well. Now, temperatures aren't going to stay this mild. Tomorrow will be mild, but not quite as mild. And I'll tell you the reason. We've got this beautiful ridge of high pressure that's going to build. And it's going to be a blocking pattern. It's so will hold right through until Wednesday, which is great. But with the clear skies, now that we have the longer nights, we'll lose the heat. So slowly but surely, through the next couple of days, temperatures will be on 
the decline. And for those of you across the North Coast, we still have some rainfall in store for you. You're not going to be protected by this upper level ridge. As we head into the weekend, after we've had significant snow and a beautiful clearing expected, a lot of people will be getting out on the mountain. So be aware that we are looking at considerable avalanche warning for much of the mountains all across southern BC and up into the inland sections of the North Coast. If you're near the coastal regions of the North Coast, that's where we have a high or, uh, you know, I think it's a high level of avalanche warning. So just so you're aware of that, and of course, check avalanchecanada.ca for more information. But there's the rainfall, light snow expected in through the morning hours for the inland sections, changing over to rain. And there's that ridge of high pressure building. Not quite as warm as what you saw today, but still pleasant conditions with that sunshine. We are going to see showers across northern Vancouver Island, drier for southern Vancouver Island and the lower mainland, and sunshine right through until Wednesday. But you can see that slow decline in terms of temperature, but we'll take it for the sunshine. And we had a beautiful sunset tonight, Chris. Look at this shot from John. Thank you very much for sharing. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Okay, thanks, Christy. So authorities in southern Germany were taking no chances after heavy snow shut down highways and closed schools. After heavier than usual snow fell across the Bavarian region, a helicopter was brought in to clear snow from the tops of the trees along a highway near Munich. Police were worried the heavy snow would cause the trees to crack and fall onto the highway. The downside is the helicopter's actions caused a major traffic jam on the highway going the other way. But once that was all taken care of, the highway reopened, everybody happy. Which is really good. interesting. I didn't know they did that. They well, I've seen them do that too with like stadiums if it's wet. That's Sometimes right. Sometimes they'll bring in a helicopter to kind of dry it oh. out. Which, I mean, you would have to be a pretty skilled helicopter pilot yeah. to do that without hitting the treetops and something bad happens. No doubt. A little bit of sports history before we get to Squire. This Sunday, Sarah Thomas will become the first woman to officiate an NFL playoff game. The Patriots facing off against the Chargers in the AFC Divisional Playoffs. Thomas has actually seen a number of football firsts. She's the first woman to referee a major college game, the first to officiate in a Big Ten stadium, and the first to officiate a bowl game. Sunday, she'll work as part of the referee uh, Ron Torbert's crew as a down judge. Exciting for her. Good and stuff. And deal with Bill Belichick. Yeah, good luck. Uh, no, she's been actually an NFL ref for a few years. Yeah. She has the skills. Put her Knows out what there. what she's doing, for sure. Okay, so when the Canucks were suffering with all those injuries earlier in the year, we were a bit neglectful of Sven Berchi's injury because Elias Pettersson was scoring goals, Besser was scoring when he was healthy, so Berchi's absence wasn't noticed as much. He's only played 16 games this year, but he does have six goals. Scored two last night in that 4-3 overtime loss to Arizona. Now, we mentioned this a couple of years ago. He became a better scorer when he started to go to the net for rebounds. He used to play a lot on the perimeter. Then they told him, get to the net, get the rebounds. But last night, he did show that he still has some nice open ice skill. Check out this. And this is the best way to look at it from the top camera. Here comes the puck. Now it's on Berchi's stick. Oh, what a move. And a goal. Let's see that again from a different angle. Yep, through the legs, and then goal. Canucks didn't win, but that was nice. Rick Nash has had to retire from the NHL at the age of 34 because of concussion issues. He suffered the injury last March. The feeling was another injury like that could mean long-term effects for Nash. Played 11 seasons in the NHL. Number one pick overall by Columbus in 2002. 
10,000, no, make that 1,060 games, 437 goals, two gold medals for Canada in the Olympics. All right. Whitecaps did not have a first-round pick in this year's MLS Super Draft. The draft was held today in Chicago. They traded that pick for Kai Kamara before last season. They did have a second-round pick, and they used it on American defender Brendan, Brendan McDonough of Georgetown University. And he comes from a well-known family. His father, Terry, is the director of player personnel with the Arizona Cardinals. His grandfather, Will McDonough, was a famous sports writer and broadcaster. His uncle, Ryan, recently the Phoenix Suns general manager. He was fired in October. And his other uncle, Sean McDonough, if you're a sports fan, you have heard him do play-by-play with CBS. He's now with ESPN. The top Canadian selected in the MLS draft was Victoria's Callum Montgomery. Went fourth overall to FC Dallas. Just the third Canadian ever to be drafted in the top five. Played college soccer in Charlotte in North Carolina. He uh, is a center back, was a semi-finalist for the NCAA Player of the Year. He's a product of St. Michael's in Victoria, which of course is the alma mater of Steve Nash. I don't know what it is, but so often in golf, a player has a great first round, and then it goes the opposite way in the second round. That's what makes the game tough. You can get through the thousands of yards that make up a golf course but the four inches between your ears, if it is four inches, maybe it's three, maybe it's five, depending on how big your head is. Whatever the case, that's the hardest to deal with. Yesterday, Surrey's Adam Svensson shot a 61, had the lead after one round of the Hawaiian Open. Today, he shot 74, 13-shot difference. He will make the cut at minus five, but he's now nine shots off the lead of Matt Kuchar. Now, today was a funny day. A lot of guys, oh, there's, now there's a sand trap. A lot of guys knocking it in from fairways and bunkers. S.W. Kim. That's in. James Hahn. James Hahn. That's in. Exquisite bunker shot. Gets a nice little kick from that downslope, and that is another one. Roberto Diaz. This is it. You know what they all had in common besides that? Despite those shots, they all missed the cut. Wow. The best guy so far, Matt Kuchar. Now, he's a guy who had a great first round and a great second round. 63-63. So he is at 14 under par and has the lead. There you go. It's a beautiful spot to play golf, isn't oh, it? Oh, it always is. Although windy in yeah. Hawaii. But you know what? It's a warm wind. It's That's nice. right. Yeah. That's right. You can have it. Here's your snow report for today. Whistler Blackcomb getting four centimeters of fresh snow. They've had a ton in the last little while. Grouse, Cypress, and Sasquatch, nothing new. Temperatures have been mild there, though. Revelstoke, zero centimeters. Fernie, two. And Whitewater, a nice eight centimeters. Big White and Silver Star, one centimeters fresh. Sun Peaks, nothing new. But these areas are quite mild for this time of year, which is nice. Kicking Horse, one centimeter. And Powder King, a nice nine. Coming up on ET Canada, R. Kelly's own daughter calls him a monster, plus more Green Book controversy while True Detective returns for its third season. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris. All right, thank you, Sangeeta. Well, in honor of the fact that a BC telescope, the Chime telescope, spotted fast burst radio waves, aliens will make an appearance on satellite debris. That's a very good segue. <laughs> I like that. Did my best. It's but been a know, weird week. But first, before we get to that, yeah. um, I want to show you this. Because we got some people riding waves and some people riding snow, and they're both very good at it. First of all, the waves. <laughs> Down to Maui, Kai Lenny, one of the great big wave surfers, taking on Jaws here, I believe. 
At first, it didn't go so well. Oh, Ooh. darn it. All right, change shirts, let's do this again. Here we go. This time, he rides it beautifully. And it's a good thing he's got a GoPro at the end of his board, because we can all enjoy. <laughs> Look at that in slow-mo. <laughs> and you can see the elation when he gets through this. Still on the board, yes! Yeah, he knows it. Nice, I'm on satellite debris. Okay, this is Travis Rice. Much colder place, but also a great rider. Cutting through all kinds of terrain. That kind of terrain. Oh, there he is. And this kind of terrain, and that kind of terrain. Oh, and maybe this kind of terrain. All thanks to the you-know-what. The GoPro. Great, great video. Along the edge of some of those. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, both were, both were a bit iffy for most people. Okay. You mentioned the alien. Yep. This is actually a commercial for Babbel, which teaches people different languages, which <laughs> if you were an alien on this planet, you would need to learn some language <laughs> to speak to us. Sorry? I don't understand, excuse me. When you don't know the language, you feel like an outsider. I'm sorry? Would you like a, a towel? It can get pretty lonely, even when you're surrounded by people. Shampoo? Dryer. It's like that old saying, isn't it? You could be in a crowded room, but still feel totally alone. Oh, sorry. But with Babel, you could be having conversations before you know it. Sandwich. Do you have a cheese sandwich? Of course, there were a few bumps along the way. Ah, small hills, really. It is that close to my face and then then he suddenly stops and just walks away <laughs> that's the last time I saw my father <sighs> but before you know it you'll be able to chat with everyone morning Marta hey Alex I think I'll have the chocolate cheesecake please yes I'm having a cheat day it's our secret. <laughs> Hi, James. Alexei. You're running early today. First time for everything. <laughs> yes. Excuse me, which way is the park? Right. When you get to the clock tower, uh -huh. take a left. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great day at the park. Found himself a nice shirt there. You had to put the sunglasses on. It's one of us now. Very human. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last one is uh, from Newcastle Beer. Here we go. Oh, delicious. Explosions. Scary fish. Thrilling escapes. Frightening rock slides. Sexual tension. Ceremonial dances. Just a few of the incredible things that would have been in Newcastle Brown Ale's mega-huge football game ad. If we actually had money to make it. 
some marketing. Because the almost finished version of the mega huge football game ad we almost made is almost here. And nothing is about to change. Forever. Only a couple of weeks away, isn't I it? I know. Mm-hmm. There's mega huge football games all this weekend, NFL playoffs. Have some of those commercials started coming out? Uh, no, not yet. Probably, they usually put them out like a week before the Super Bowl. They start releasing some of them. They realized years ago that, yes, they're paying millions of dollars to go on the Super Bowl, but why not release them early and right. get more bang for your yeah. buck? Because we will show them. That's right. A little more exposure. Yeah. Uh, okay, hopefully you get some sun exposure over the next couple days, few days. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really nice. I mean, tomorrow we still do have some cloud in the morning, uh, maybe some fog as well, but that should clear later in the day and double digits again. But we slowly cool in the coming days. Not to worry, though, lots of sunshine. Not as much as Sophie's getting down there <laughs> in Mexico. Miss you, Sophie. Thanks very much for watching. Have a great weekend.